Hey everyone, welcome to Scribe Book School, where you're gonna learn everything you need to know about how to write, publish, and market your book. In this episode, Tucker covers whether you should write a book or not. So if you've been on the fence for a long time about actually sitting down and writing a full-length book, this is for you. The first question you should be asking yourself, should you write a book? because it is not obvious that you should. And so I wanna get really clear with you. I wanna help you get really clear on, on if you should and why you're doing it. So let's start with the basics. What's it cost to write a book, right? Well, there's a lot of different costs. Time is a big investment, right? I would tell you it's gonna take about a year to write a book. Now, some of you are gonna be able to do it in much faster time. We have absolutely seen people get books done in six, seven, eight, nine months. That is not rare, it's possible, it takes time. You know, you gotta do more each day and you gotta be serious about it, it's totally doable. But for most people who are serious and take this seriously, I'd say uh, uh, you, you wanna think about an hour, or sorry, about a year uh, to go from where you are now to a completely finished published book, right? So what about financial investment? It's gonna cost you anywhere from $1,000 up to $100,000, depending on any number of factors, right? now. I technically I could have put free because you can absolutely do this without spending any of your own money. The problem with that is, and we talk about this in the, in the publishing module, the problem with that is that unless you are a great book cover designer, your book cover is not gonna look very good, right? And unless you, uh, uh, you know, do your interior layout yourself, uh, which I would not recommend, if, uh, it's not going to look good. So there's a couple places that even if you're completely self-publishing and you're saving as much money as you can, you're going to do everything yourself as much as you can. There's still some places where you kind of need to spend a little bit of money. And and when I say a thousand, let's just say like that's a a decent professionally published uh, uh, self-published book. It's not a, a good high level one. At a high level self-publisher, you're looking at anywhere from around ten grand, right? We'll, we'll dive into this later, but it's gonna cost a little bit of money, okay? Uh, let's talk about the emotional investment. This is serious. Writing a book changes who you are, and that is not easy. In fact, I would say that for most of you, and you can put in the chat if you agree or not, it may not be for all of you. In fact, I know it's not for all of you, but for most of you, the reason you haven't written your book so far is because you're afraid. And a big part of the fear is a fear of change, right? Because when you write this book, uh, you're gonna get judged, and people might not like it, or you might succeed, right? You could fail, yeah, but you could also succeed. And success changes who you are. A lot of, for a lot of people, that's very uncomfortable. I have seen way more people, and we're about to talk about someone in a second. I've seen more people not do their book from fear of success than from fear of failure, which I know sounds shocking uh, to a lot of people who don't go in the process, but it's common. And the other big investment is cognitive, mental investment, right? Writing a book requires you to spend quite a bit of time learning and thinking, even if you're writing about something you already know, right? Like, even if you know it really well, you've never explained it, you've never really put, uh, put it down on paper fully, and that, that's, that's not just a time investment. It, it's hard. It takes thinking, and thinking is hard. I know, it, like, not everyone is proof of that, but if you're writing a book, it means you're probably uh, smart enough to write a book and it's gonna take a lot of effort, okay? So those are the costs. Now let's, let's look at what you get from writing a book. Well, you get, you're gonna make money and get business from this, assuming you do uh, a book for, for that reason, right? They're one of the best ways to make money, but I'm not talking about book sales, because I will tell you, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, 
I actually think being in the business of selling copies of dead trees is not a good business. It is not something I recommend to most authors, right? What you want to do is use your book as a marketing tool to promote you or your business. And if you do that, it can create millions. Just one basic example, this is uh, Brian Miles. Brian uh, started a company called Belay, which helps, uh, uh, which ha is where you go to get VAs, right? And so basically uh, his, his book got it, brought his company and him all kinds of attention. Here's a bunch of headlines you can see. Uh, and he, last estimate, he told me, he's at, added, I think about 2 million to the top line um, uh, of his business based just on, on what can, they can attribute to the book, right? And so he's probably only sold maybe five or 10,000 copies, which is actually a really good amount for a nonfiction book. Uh, and, uh, but nonetheless, like that's, you know, that's made him hardly 50 grand or something, 25 to 50 grand, depending on pricing and all that, those sorts of things. But he's made it well into the seven figures for his business. Okay. The other reward, big reward, prestige or authority. This is Melissa Gonzalez. She wrote a book called the pop-up paradigm. She wrote her book and it became the thing in New York retail for a while. She was on good day, New York, which is like a big deal in retail in New York. She was a, a rang the bell at the NASDAQ. She was in Forbes, Bloomberg, all these places. And then she, what she do, she ended up signing all these major retail clients, Chanel, Marc Jacobs, Macy's. This is obviously all before coronavirus because Macy's may not be a business for, uh, for much longer. Uh, another reward is impact on others, right? This is Khalil Rafati. If any of you live in Malibu or LA, he started a thing called Sunlight Life Organics, which is like really big out there. He used to be, that's like a real picture of Khalil. That was back in his, I think that was before he really hit rock bottom, but that was back his drug days. And that is a real picture, and that's his book. It's called I Forgot to Die. And it's a basically about how he got over his, um, his addiction. And his book is now, he wrote it basically just to share his story. It, it's pretty much just a memoir, but it ended up becoming required reading at all of these uh, addiction uh, centers. So the Pasadena Recovery Center, which is Dr. Drew's place, Malibu Beach Recovery Center, which is actually really uh, like a famous place, I guess. New York Times did a whole big story about it. And he's sold hundreds of thousands of copies of this book now because it is uh, like a Bible for a certain type of addict. David Duchovny, who's had addiction problems, tweeted about it, all kinds of people talking about it. Um, uh, it's had a huge impact on people. Personal growth is another huge reward. A book proves a lot of things about you. It proves you can do something hard, that you have something to say, and something to give, that your life and work matter, and it elevates you to join a new group of people. You're now an author, right? Which puts you in a whole different category. Even if you've done really cool baller shit before, being an author is a different level of things, right? Don't underestimate personal growth. A lot of our, our clients, they don't really talk about that. And then uh, when they're thinking about doing their book, and then we talk to them six months after the book's done, personal growth is what they focus on in terms of the benefits they got. Legacy. A lot of you mentioned this in why you're writing a book. This is Lorenzo Gomez. He wrote, uh, uh, this is also a memoir. Uh, well, it was a half memoir, half business. Uh, he positioned his business lessons, but a lot of the lessons he taught through his life. He grew up in the barrio of San, of San Antonio, like a poor Hispanic hood, and ended up helping uh, Graham Weston build Rackspace and now owns a company called uh, Greek Geekdom in San Francisco, which is sort of like WeWork, except they actually make money. And uh, um, there you go. He has no, the dude has no college degree at all. Did not go to, I think he might have gone and went dropped out after semester. This, because of this book, he now travels around, especially South Texas, speaking to all kinds of young kids, 
normally Hispanic kids who come from nothing, who uh, don't think they can get out. And they realize, oh, this dude's just like me. He came from where I came, came from. And now he's doing these amazing things. And he's a, a deep inspiration. You can see that's inside of Geekdom. These are a bunch of uh, high school kids from um, a poor high school in San Antonio. He ended up uh, this is a picture of him that uh, we shot from the crowd. He gave the commencement address at UT San Antonio. A dude who didn't go to college uh, ended up giving the commencement address. Uh, uh, so you want to talk about a legacy. He's ended up writing another book, and he's all in on books. It's pretty amazing the change in his life, right? So if you were to sum all of this up, the reward you get in writing a book, I would tell you that a book affirms that you have a voice, that you have something to say, and that you can contribute to the world, that you exist, right? And that you left something behind so that people knew you were here and that you mattered and they can continue to take that contribution as you uh, develop or as they develop and grow, sorry. That all seems pretty great to me. Seth Godin, who's kind of like one of the fathers of marketing, uh, at least modern marketing, says writing a book's tremendous experience, it pays off, intellectually clarifies your thinking, builds credibility, a living engine of marketing and idea spreading, working every day to deliver your message with authority. You should write one. So I'm biased, right? I say yes, I'm very biased. I made my career writing books, okay? So clearly I have an agenda here. And not all, let me be real clear, not all professional writers think like me. Many professional writers are elitist snobs. This is Christopher Hitchens. He says, everybody does have a book in them, but in most cases, that's where it should stay. I think that's fucked up. <laughs> He's an elitist snob, and he died a lonely drunk for a reason. And now, don't get me wrong. I like a lot of his books. He was a really smart man and, and an excellent, excellent writer, but he also died a lonely drunk, right? I disagree with Christopher, and I believe most people have knowledge to share that can help others. But here's the thing. Most people think, and there's kind of, we're going to talk about what book you should write next, immediately when I'm finished. I want to talk about, though, the way people think about knowledge. Because a lot of people think they have to be the expert to write a book, right? And they see experts as gods beyond who they could ever be. And that like, oh, they're transcendent, you know, beings, and I'm just some local expert or whatever. Which, by the way, after the last two months of coronavirus, if you think experts, quote experts, know what they're talking about, I would hope at this point uh, what's happened in the world has disabused you of that notion. But if it hasn't, I'm, I'm sitting here to tell you that's not how it works. Expertise and knowledge work like a ladder, right? So even if you're just here on the ladder, right? You're not even at halfway. You're just below halfway. And, and, you know, because you're, you're looking up, you're like, oh, look at all those people up there. They're so much smarter than me. They're, they're so much better experts than me. And let's even say that they are. Your knowledge is still valuable because it helps all those people below, right? There's people below you on the ladder. And if someone's way high on the ladder and like, a lot of times it's hard for them to bridge that gap. It's hard for them to talk to beginners. I'll tell you five years ago when I started this company, I was terrible at talking to people like you who haven't written books at all because I had been writing for so long and I had been so good at this skill of writing, I forgot what it was like to be a beginner. I had to relearn that by talking to a lot of beginners and really getting into their mindset. Now I'm pretty good at understanding beginners. I'm still not quite as good as a lot of people, but I'm good enough that I can teach this right? This is why you should write about your knowledge because of all the people below you who would love to have what you uh, know, what you know, because even if you don't know everything, and by the way, the people above you in the ladder don't fucking know everything, 
regardless of what they say or think, they don't. But uh, even if you don't know as much as they do, what you know is valuable to those beneath you on the ladder. Is that clear to everybody? Put in the chat if that's clear. Because if you're very insecure about your knowledge, this is the frame I want you to adopt. It's not, I'm not good enough because I don't know everything. The frame is, the question you need to ask yourself is, do I have enough knowledge that there are people that I can legitimately help with my knowledge? Hey guys, it's Charlie here. If you're enjoying the podcast, then you will love our free online workshops where we give you our exact step-by-step process for how to write, publish, and market your book. Again, this is 100% free and you can sign up at scribebookschool.com. During the workshops, we give you every piece of information you need to write a book. Templates, video lessons, Q&As, and special tricks from your instructor, Tucker Max, a four-time New York Times bestselling author. There's no cost, no catch, it's just free. You can sign up for our next live workshop at scribebookschool.com. Back to the episode. All right, but here's the thing. Even if you don't have any knowledge at all, and there are some of you out there, I doubt you have no knowledge, but you're saying to yourself, I have no knowledge. I, I'm, I'm at the bottom rung on the ladder. There's no one beneath me. I got nothing to teach anybody. Okay, cool, fine. I still believe you should write a book. I still believe everyone on earth should write a book. Why? I just gave you the ladder analogy. How can I say a person at the bottom of the, of the ladder, the literal bottom, even off the ladder, laying on the floor, should still write a book? Because everyone has a story to tell. And even if you just tell your story, that story will matter to someone and you should tell it for them. I'm gonna give you an example. That's a picture of my fam, part of my family. That's me as a baby. I guess I was probably six months there. Uh, I got a year old, uh, I got three kids, so I th- I'm guessing that's a six month old. That's my dad, that's my grandfather, and that's my great grandmother. So the woman is obviously the, the mom to the grandfather. So that's one line, that's my patrilineal line, as they would say in, um, in uh, uh, anthropology. Uh, they were all raised Catholic. I was actually, technically I was raised Episcopal because my mom was Episcopal, but whatever. Episcopal is just Catholicism light, so it's close enough. We were all raised Catholic. And then I did a 23andMe about six years ago. Uh, a buddy of mine, Noah Kagan, uh, bought it for me and did it. And uh, turns out we're all Jews. Yep, I'm a quarter Jew. My dad's half Jew. My grandfather is full Jew. And my great-grandmother, we assume, is full Jew, considering that he came out of her vagina. It'd be pretty weird if she wasn't. Um, uh, you like birth that came out of vagina? Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, so the, here's what's crazy about this. We're all Jews, and I, my dad had no idea. My grandfather had no idea. I was the one. I had to get on the phone. Hey, Dad, do you know we're Jewish? Uh, see, I had to have that conversation. Who was this woman? Because she told us she was Catholic. And granted, she and, and uh, um, my great-grandfather died uh, long before this picture was taken. That's why he's not in it. But uh, she and him immigrated uh, from Hungary to America in, uh, right before World War I, I believe. It was one of the, um, one of the minor uh, 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 atrocities committed against Jews, not the big one in World War II. They were, f- were fleeing one of the minor atrocities. They never talked about any specifics. Again, we just have to guess. Um, uh, they just, she called it unpleasant. And that was really all she ever told my dad, really her grandfather. Came to Ellis Island, anglicized their name, moved to Los Angeles, told everyone they were Catholic, and that was it. 
What was her life like? Why did she change her name and religion? I can make a lot of guesses. I have no idea why. And right now, as I sit in this big fancy house and have not as much money as I'd like, but I'm comfortable, I would give a huge portion of that to understand her. Because that tells me who I am and where I'm from, right? Uh, I would love to know what she thought. I, now, I imagine my great-grandmother never wrote her story because she's like most of you. She didn't think her story mattered. Yet here I am, want nothing, in the more, want nothing more in the world than to hear her story. So there's going to be a dude or a girl uh, in a couple generations who's saying the same thing about you. So where's that true in your life? Where are you not sharing your knowledge and your story that could benefit other people, even if they're just in your family? This is the reason that this company exists, right? To help people like you do exactly that. Share themselves with the world to help others, whether it's your knowledge or your story or both, right? And leave something behind that matters. So should you write a book? I don't know. Did your work matter? Did your life matter? I decided, excuse me, I decided that my life mattered. So I told my stories. Now, it turns out that a lot of people laughed at them and thought they were funny and enjoyable too and loved them, but it really wasn't why I did that. That was a cool benefit. And don't get me wrong. It's awesome when you sell millions of books. So if it happens to you, cash the fucking checks. It's great, but it's not why I wrote those books. And I decided to share my knowledge here about how to do this to help others. And I'm currently writing on my next memoir, or working on my next memoir, uh, how I went from kind of the beer and hell guy to a dad and an entrepreneur and all that stuff. And we're writing the version of this for how to write a memoir, because this is about how to write a knowledge share book. We're, we're, we're still going. So should you write a book? I don't know. I mean, let's, let's go back to this. Imagine being on your deathbed, surrounded by your kids and grandkids, and they don't know your true story. You want that to happen or not? I always like to tell people, what if your book's not about you or even your family, right? What if your book's about the people in the world for, for whom you'll be the only person whose story will ever get through to them? Their way out of their pain and their problem is with the map that you've created with your life, and they're not going to know about it unless you tell them. Everyone has a story, and someone needs to hear your story because they're going to use it to save themselves. So you're going to hide it, or you're going to share it. And I know what I'll, I can hear it because I've, I read all the chat, log, chat logs from last time. I can hear the things, but what about this? And what about that? And blah, blah, blah. You're afraid. I get it. Okay. You don't want attention. I get it. You don't want to share your pain, your vulnerability. I get it. I'm not mocking you. I get it. These are all problems that I have too. Same as me. And every author whose books helped you had those same fears and those same concerns and those same words. And they overcame them. I know a lot of you are here because of this book, right? And I know David well. David will tell you, uh, and he admits it in the book, all kinds of fears, worries, all the same problems you have. But he overcame them, and you got help from him. So you're going you're gonna to pay that forward or not? I know you may not feel ready, but I believe there's no such thing as being ready. Starting the process is what makes you ready. And at each step of the journey, there's literally only one question. Will you take your next step? It's up to you, and we're here to help.
Thanks so much for listening to the episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you found this episode valuable, then definitely check out our free online workshops at scribebookschool.com. During the workshop, we'll teach you our exact step-by-step process for how to write, publish, and market your book. It's totally free and you can watch it right from the comfort of your home. Again, you can sign up at scribebookschool.com. And beyond that, you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming on Scribe Book School. Scribe Book School.